This week, I was struggling with how to preach this sermon, and um, I decided that, I don't know why it was, but on Tuesday, I just had to talk to Mel Penner. So I, told, I phoned Mel, and um, Mel, would you come right now, where, wherever you are, and have a seat with me? And as, as, um, as Mel um, and I talked, she couldn't get together until Friday, and so we waited until Friday, and, and I was struggling with the scripture that whole time. I just didn't know how to deal with it. I was reading the scripture, and I, I was feeling like I was a theoretician. I didn't know how to make it live for me. I didn't know how to, to really live it out. I didn't know how to preach it without having touched it, and it touched me. And so I, I got together, and Mel and I had to talk about this text on Friday. And I didn't go to Mel's place thinking that she might share the day, but I came away feeling that if God opens the door for her, she's meant to share. I want you to know that God took Daryl and Melanie about a year and a half ago or so by the hand and started leading them into deeper waters. Deeper waters, according to Luke 5, are where you let down your nets for a catch. And that in the process of the last year, they're convinced that God's developing, I, th- I see God developing a gutsy faith in them. And they're convinced, and if you've read Mel's blog, you'll know, they're convinced that it's not just for their sake and their family, but it's for many people. And so, Mel, thank you for coming and being willing to share. I do have some questions I want to share. Go ahead. I, uh, I just want to say that about a week ago, I started having a stirring in me that God was telling me that it was time to start sharing some of the things that he's teaching me. And I was like, no, God, I'm not ready. (laughs) And then Pastor Terry showed up (laughs) and we talked and I felt like it was the time. And so I'm really thankful for this opportunity to share this morning. Amen. Why don't you start by giving a brief description, Mel, uh, to everybody. Uh, What what have you been through in the last year? Okay. I'm going to keep it kind of brief because most of you know um, about a year ago, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer, and it was pretty aggressive cancer, so we, my life just stopped. Every single thing that I was doing in my life stopped. I, didn't, I stopped teaching, I stopped serving in the church, everything stopped, and I went into quick treatments. I did three months of treatments, lots of radiation, lots of chemo, and then I had to wait three months to find out if the treatments had worked, and in April, I found out that they hadn't. And that I was, I had term, what they call um, persistent cancer. And at that time, I was told by my doctors that there was only one option left, and it was a really big, major surgery where they would remove all the organs from my pelvis. Because of radiation, everything had been melded together, so they would remove everything, and I would have a very life, a different life at the end of it. And um, that was my only chance to be cancer free. And so on June 18th, we we prayed about it. We opted into doing the surgery. On June 18th, I went into the OR, believing that God had prepared me for a different life and that he had prepared me for this surgery. However, they first took out my lymph nodes, and they found that the cancer had spread to my lymph nodes. And because the surgery was so massive and it was going to take so long to recover, they decided not to do it in the thought, their their thought process was that if the cancer was in my lymph nodes, by the time I had healed and recovered from the surgery, the cancer would probably have spread to somewhere else. And so they didn't do, they closed me up and I woke up and the next 
day, my doctor came to my hospital room and he sat down and he said, I'm sorry, we couldn't do surgery. This cancer is going to take your life. You probably don't have very much longer to live and you need to go home and build a legacy. And um, that was it. I went home a week later and I didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to do. We um, were shocked and, and about a month after we called Pastor Terry, we called the pastors to come to the church and about there was about 17 of us came to my house, 17 prayer warriors of my closest friends from this congregation and we had a healing service and it was a really powerful night. We all felt the presence of God that night. The pastors anointed me with oils and we prayed and we asked for healing and we asked for more time. And that's kind of it. And that's, that was a couple months ago and now here I am and I, I feel great right now. I, I feel terrific and I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm healed. I don't know if I still have cancer. I feel good and we're just trusting that God's going to give me the days that he wants me to have. Mel, talk about the last year and what have been some of the gains and some of the losses. Okay, I'm going to start with losses and save the best for last. There have been lots and lots of losses in my life. It's changed dramatically, and I'm just going to kind of focus on the big ones. I'm not going to list all of them. And the first and foremost is my health. I have lost good health, and I've lost peace of mind that comes with health. I live every day, most of the time I'm feeling good, but every time you feel something or you have a headache or a backache, you think, oh, it's the cancer, the cancer spread. So I've lost peace of mind. Mm. I've also, I do have a lot of side effects from radiation, a lot of pain. And um, so there's a lot of activities. I used to be really um, into sports and doing really active, and there's a lot of things I can't do Mm. as a result of my health. Um, the second big and a big one for me is my career. On the day that the doctor told me that the cancer would take my life, he also told me that I will never be in the classroom again as a teacher. That was a really hard thing to grieve because it, along with my career is financial security, um, as well as professional relationships and even a confidence in doing something that I was good at. That's gone. I don't have that anymore. And... The last big one is control. I lost all control. I feel like my life is more out of control than in control most days. And I used to be really in control. I'm a real control person. And um, I don't have control anymore. So those are the losses. And the gains, there's been a lot there as well. And I'm also going to just focus on the big ones. The first one, and probably the most important to me, is my perspective and understanding in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's changed in a lot of ways. Um, One big one for me is understanding the presence of God. I used to know that God was always with me, but I think I kind of just called on him when it was good for me. And um, I remember often praying when I was working full-time, God, give me reminders of you today. And, And now I live knowing that he's in me and around me and so present. It's like Mm. when you're in water and you're surrounded by water, like he's that real and that present and that much with me all the time. Mm. And um, I also have learned about God's sovereignty like I never did before. I believe he is 100% in control. He orchestrates the circumstances that go on around me. And I trust completely in him knowing that with my whole life, with all of me. And um, the last one is 
this compassion. I, it was a hard one for me. To, I had to work through understanding a, and having a better understanding of God's compassion because when God takes you through a hard, hard thing like he's taken us through this year, it's hard to see his compassion. How can a loving God take me through this? Yes. But when I look back on the year with the hardest treatments and the darkest days, he was always there. He always gave me just enough to get through. And he has shown us a lot of compassion through all of you and through loving people who have come alongside us every day. So that's my first gain is my relationship and understanding with Christ. Secondly is time. Um, Every single thing I did in my life came to an end and stopped. And I was just given this new life with a lot of time. Um, And I got to spend more time with God. And it gave me a lot of time to reflect on what am I supposed to fill my days with. Mm. And um, he has shown me that I am made, number one, to serve and to worship him. Mm. Those are the first things. I used to think that I was made to teach and I was made to be a mom and I was made to be a wife. But I know now I was made to worship and to serve and all those other things are just vehicles to doing that. And the third thing, the last one is that God has one of the big gains for me is opportunities because I'm terminally ill. I have a platform that people listen to me and I have a blog that I share. I never wanted to write that blog. (laughs) Um, and now I have a lot of followers and a lot of people all over the world read my words and I know that God's using them. They're not really my words. They're, they're his words and, and he's using them to touch people's lives and, and he's, just, he's given me opportunities to share one-on-one with a lot of people and opportunities like this morning. Amen. Amen. Those are the gains. Amen. Mel, we, you've been, you listened to the sermon this morning. We talked on Friday about the, this passage of scripture. How do you... How do you respond to Paul's message about gains and losses, and, and how do you, you apply it to your experience? Okay. Um, I've, I've told Pastor Terry I'd like to be chained to Paul for four hours <laughs> um, so I could talk to him and get... I, I guess what I've been thinking about as I study this is to live is to Christ and to die is to gain. And to live is to Christ, I'm learning. I'm slowly learning through understanding his presence and his sovereignty and his compassion and, and living with him every day. I'm slowly learning that part. I get that part. You know, it's, it's what we're made to do, but to die is to gain is, that's a hard one. Um, I have a lot to lose. When I think about my losses, what Pastor Terry asks us to think about, what are your losses in dying? Well, my losses are huge because I have a beautiful family, and um, I have a beautiful life, so my losses are big, but I know I have the head knowledge that it is to gain. I, I mean, I'm 36, and people who are 36 don't think about dying every day, but I do, because that's the life I've been given right now, and when I think about the day I'm going to die, and I think about it a lot. I think about that moment when I go from here into the ultimate presence of God, when I'm fully surrounded by him and I get to hand him my burden of cancer. I get to hand him every burden that I've ever carried. Mm. It will be glorious. Mm. I know that. I know that that day will be glorious. Mm -hmm. And yet 
as I said, my losses are big. Yes. But what I've learned to think about is about those losses. Mm-hmm. And what am I... And I'm, I'm okay losing most of the things in my life. And I've thought about that. I'm okay losing my possessions and my house and my... It's the people that, I, mm-hmm. that are hard to lose, specifically my family, my friends. That's the loss. And the good thing for me is that the things that are most sad to lose and the things that I, I don't want to leave this world for are eternal. Mm. And Daryl and I talk all the time about how we don't have the time or the energy to invest in the things that aren't eternal Mm. because we don't have much time. Mm. And I hate to break it to everybody here, but you're actually all terminal. (laughs) Every single one of you is going to die. That's the reality. And you haven't maybe had a doctor tell you that, Mm. but you are all going to die. And God has a special number for each one of us, for me as well. And my doctors don't know, and I don't know. And it's, it's a mystery. It's not for me to know, and it's not for you to know. But really, you don't know. And because you don't know, you don't have time to invest a lot in the things that aren't eternal. Mm. And really, all that's eternal are the people around us. Mm. And so it's my job to, when I am here, to do everything I can to emulate Christ and his love. I was made to love Mm -hmm. and that's what I need to do. Mm. Amen. I want to ask one more question and it has to do with, uh, Paul says in the passage in verse 22, what shall I choose? I do not know. Um, What have you learned about the choices that God gives you in life? Okay. Well, it's funny that you ask because just this week I'm a good friend and she's here. She texted me and said, how are you doing today? And it was like 8.30 in the morning, which is really early for me because I'm a late riser these days. And um, I texted back, I haven't decided yet because I have to, I make a conscious decision every single day how my day is going to be. I get up and I don't decide for a while. I try to meet God first and then I make a decision as to how my day is going to be. And the choices are, are simply, am I going to have a pity party day? Am I going to feel sorry for myself? Am I going to ask, why me? And, and the reality is I'm justified in it. Um, I, can, I can feel sorry for myself, and no one's going to criticize me for it. <laughs> I can call any of my friends, and they'll feel sorry for me with me. Because um, I'm justified in feeling sorry for myself and asking those questions. But my other option is to say, today I'm alive. Today I'm living, and God has given me this day, and I'm going to live with joy because I can, and I'm going to serve you. And when I say it like that, the choice seems really obvious, Mm -hmm. but it is a daily battle. And I do not always choose the one that I should. I There are a lot of days, there are weeks, in fact, where I've been stuck in feeling sorry for myself and asking God, why does this have to be me? Why am I living this life? But on the days when I do choose to live in joy and to be glad that I'm alive and to serve him, he always opens a door. Hmm. There's either a phone call of someone who needed to talk to me or a friend who calls for coffee or 
someone that I run into at the grocery store, there's always someone. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about the to-do list, and maybe yeah. I'll just touch on that. Mm-hmm. As um, something I've learned is that I used to I used to live on a to-do list. I'd have about 50 things every day, and I'm sure every mom in here can relate to this, right? You've got 50 things you have to get done in a day. And what I've learned is that the top two things on my to-do list have to be to serve and to worship. And everything else on my to-do list, like grocery shopping, picking out kids and all those things, are just avenues to doing that. Hmm. And I want to challenge people to think about that, to put worship and serve God on the top of your list. Don't take a terminal life sentence to to help you to realize. Let my my road be your opportunity Hmm. to realize that. Amen. Mel, thanks so much for sharing and being willing to. You know, God has us here today or listening on online um, because God has something to say to each one of us about, about life, about death, or about our priorities. And uh, as we conclude the service, I'm going to ask if Pastor Elf could come and pronounce the benediction. And uh, would you stand with us now? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, this morning, when we leave this church, we'd rather not think about the fact that we're terminal. For most of us, we'll push that aside and get on with our busy lives. But in our presence this morning, we have Melanie. We have to pray for her in her hour of need, and we have to pray for ourselves in our hour of need. We don't know what to pray. And so with an awful lot of love and with gentleness, I lift up Melanie to your presence. Yes, Jesus. Grant her an increasing joy in your presence, whichever way life takes her. Grant her the courage to share with others the huge challenge that all of us are going to face. And while we pray for her, we pray for ourselves, that you will take us as broken and as hurt as we are and lift us up too. And exalt us in the presence of Christ with his righteousness. And bring us to the point of peace. So that both living and dying Mm. are gain. Amen.